Welcome to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, the series that highlights the companies, the people, and the technologies that are changing the future of retail. Today is our Grocery Shop Edition, sponsored by 1010 Data. You can't deliver on tomorrow's omnichannel demands with yesterday's insights, so why plan your business this way? 1010 Data empowers retailers and brands to drive more successful outcomes in today's demanding marketplace by leveraging alternative data and retail analytics solutions to identify and plan for what's next. Visit 1010data.com or arrange a meeting at Grocery Shop's Spring Meetup for more information. Today, we're joined by Lyndon Gao, the CEO of Caper. Lyndon, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we, I'm excited to do this. This has been a topic that's you know just been kind of blowing up of late, so I, I can't wait to hear more about you. I know. I feel like we've seen you in, at grocery shops past. Like I remember the very first grocery shop when we saw it, you or your team presenting the cart for the first time, and and it was really the first time I think that we actually got to see in real life like what the future smart cart might look like. Um, but. We're excited to have you on the show. I'd like to hear a little bit first about you and your background, because you have a pretty impressive resume, Lyndon. Why don't you just give us a little bit of uh, background on you? I, I wouldn't say it's an impressive resume, but I did, <laughs> I, did start, I did start out my career a little earlier than most, is mostly because, uh, you know, I grew up in a fairly humble uh, background, but and I've always had a lot of time to myself growing up. So I started my first business when I was 14, doing gaming commerce bought and sold game accounts and game equipment. Subsequently sold a uh, business about two years later and started my second business, which is jewelry su- supply chain management. Wow. And uh, I still run the company today as a majority shareholder. It's a self-managing business and I'm no longer am actively involved in the execution day-to-day of the business as uh, I focus a lot of my full-time on Caper now. Um, and after I graduated college, I joined uh, Goldman Sachs as an investment banker and uh after a year or so, I joined JP Morgan as a mergers and acquisitions banker. So I've had a fair share of entrepreneurial background, finance background, and back to entrepreneur. How so, does someone get into smart carts then? How right. does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember that first grocery shop. It was like you and I, maybe it was like your co-founder or another person on your right. team. I mean, I mean, you guys oh, were like strapping it. Like it was like, hey, let's let's get this thing out there and demo it. Like how, how did that happen? Uh, well, I mean, I think first of all, when I was working in banking, I was working over 100 hours a week and that figured that if I was going to work 100 hours a week, I might as well do something that I'm a lot more passionate about. <laughs> and and I kind of found my roots back, back to tech startups because it's, it's it was a booming area. And when I was in when I was an investment banker, I really cover a lot of the retail sector. So I cover a lot of retail uh, merchants acquisitions and research and so forth. And I realized that there's a lot of um, potential opportunities because you know, a lot of retailers would implement SAP, for example, on their, and they would start pricing the amount of savings that they have on, on their future projections. And I just realized that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a really funny joke that I was telling my co-founder, if, if we had a time machine and we travel back to World War II in a time machine inside grocery store, um, by the time you're done and you get there, you'll probably double check if your time machine was broken because you'd be like, hey, like the grocery store really hasn't changed too much since then. So uh, I think, I think that's kind of really where I started because I, I felt, I felt that it's an area that's just a really under innovated and, it re- and there's a lot more that we could, we could do there to bring a different level of ecosystem that never existed in physical retail today. Yeah. It still looks like Piggly Wiggly uh, in, in a lot of ways, but, but why, but so why the cart though? Why, why'd you go there? That's a very interesting question. So, when we decided to build 
this physical retail technology, we first came to this idea of just installing a ton of cameras in, on the ceiling and installing smart sensors around the shelves. And if that sounds familiar to you, that's Amazon Go. But that was before Amazon Go, the idea, before the technology came out. So me and my co-founders were really, really excited about the idea. And we're like, all right, let's go do this. This is going to be the next, the future of physical retail. But before we started building it, we, we, we thought maybe it's better if we start with questions. Maybe we should just go out there to talk to store owners to really see how they feel about this. So we did. Um, me and my co-founder, Ahmed, we literally went to almost every single grocery store in New York City and New Jersey. Uh, so we know a lot of grocery stores around here. Sometimes we could go in to grab a free drink. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, and we, and, and when we started talking to them about our idea, the grocery store owners really just, they kind of freaked out. They're like, what, are you kidding me? Like, what are you trying to do here? You know, you're trying to automate checkout, but you're renovating my entire store. Like it took me, do you know how long it take, took me to install Wi-Fi and amplifiers in my store? It took me six months. You know, I need to re renovate, renovate my ceilings, redo my wirings. The electricians were in and out all, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And how do you think a technology like this will work inside the store? And, mm -hmm. and so that was when me and Ahmed kind of took a step back and we, we thought about it and we we're saying, we we're saying, Hey, you know, you might be right. So, you know, all the grocery store owners out there, what do you guys want? Mm -hmm. And they kind of just told me, Hey, just bring me something that works. And we kind of just, just went off on that template. Okay. Something that works. So what is something that is very common in, a, in the grocery store that everyone uses that we could just bring to a store. So we realized that we could compact the computer vision and sensor fusion directly into a shopping cart. And that was the route that we went down to. And now, uh, and since then, it's, uh, you know, we, we started building it and uh, now it's uh, a lot bigger than it was before. Yeah. Wow. So it's really, it's really kind of comes down to, um, and it really kind of comes down to then kind of just this whole retrofit built from the ground up full computer vision or not that whole kind of discussion. Again, you felt like that's just a very expensive undertaking for people to do at this point in time. And so there needs to be a way that existing operations can can find something that kind of moves in this in this checkout free realm that that's essentially the philosophy you're describing there in terms of you know why you felt it was the right place to go yeah completely because we had talked to grocery store owners they were very into the technology they, i mean they like it they like the concept mm -hmm. they wanted to implement it and they you know grocery stores although they have the thin margins they do have the capital to innovate but when it we when we got to the operating discussion, which is how are we going to implement it? You know, our original idea was retrofit the store with a ton with a ton of cameras. Sensors didn't even come into a picture, but it required the cameras to really label where all the items are inside the store. Mm -hmm. So imagine one camera is going to oversee probably a, a shelf of 200 items. And basically it would just be this person would sit in front of a computer and just click on each each one of these products. Oh, this is Oreos. Oh, this is this is cereal and so forth. And and there's and the, and the retail uh, store owners were just saying, hey, this is a lot of work. Like maintaining the technology, the labor required to maintain the technology might actually be more expensive than the labor that you might potentially, you know, cut out. So, so it was it was it was really a lot of practical discussions on how this could potentially work. And we ultimately realized that it was just a lot more difficult to retrofit the store, not, not only because of the, the infrastructure overhaul, but it's also because of the, the operational maintenance.
Um, and then, so we kind of took this back and we thought about how we could make this a lot scalable. And we realized that inside a shopping car environment, it's, it's a very, very small, compared to the, the size of the entire store, the shopping car environment is much smaller. <laughs> so if, if you monitor everything that goes on in that environment, number one is we're, we're able to achieve a very stable, consistent environment so that if we go to, from store to store, nothing's going to change. And that's going to, and that's a very big thing in, in the world of computer vision, which is when environment and lighting changes, mm. a lot of things needs to be needs to get retrained. But right. here we have a stable lighting plus background environment. And on top of that, mm. we're able to extract granularity. So that so that means that when items are being placed into the cart, we're able to extract textual information to that level of precision. Uh, so that we're able to differentiate the different flavors of Coca-Cola uh, bottles. And that and that's the the the, the core part of um, another reason why we decided to to go down the shopping cart route. That's a that's a really interesting point. I've never heard I, I've never heard that before in terms of that controlled environment. I've heard that's incredibly important, but I've never heard of the shopping cart being the kind of root of a of a controlled environment. Like, is your thesis then? I know Anne wants to ask you about kind of Kroger and the announcement there too, because that's like huge news in this front. But like, is that is the thesis then that? Computer visual will never fully run a grocery store in the way it's in the ceilings and sensor fusion in the shelves, no matter what time in the future. Or, you know, is this more of you know, or is there like a medium term versus long term solve? Like, how do you think about that? Like, you know, or is it dependent on the retailer, the use case, the trip type? What's all what's all going on there? I think it's it's a tough question. It, it's a very, very, very interesting question. This is something that we're always consistently reevaluating okay. our thesis and our technology as we're going along. And I think the number, the number one thing for this to work is return on investment. Uh, if, it has to be worth it if, for the retailers. Mm -hmm. It has to be worth it for a retailer. So, so number one thing is, if you're, you're, if you're installing that amount of infrastructure, the amount of processing power that's required to process that amount of images is massive. So that means that the compute, the server room that you're building, yeah. uh, the GPUs that you have is just at a different level. That in itself is already getting outside, outside of the price range. And then the second piece is back to the operational piece, which is effectively grocery, grocery stores have 50 to 100 unique SKUs inside a store. Uh, at any given time, they have probably you know, 500 to a million items inside the store. They process over a thousand transactions a day. So how can you develop a process such that we're able to very easily maintain the process within one second? Uh, you know, you, you don't need to add additional op operating labor into, into labeling the images, into training the images, and into differentiating the, the difference between, I don't know, a cherry Coca-Cola versus right. a regular Coca-Cola. Uh, if their positions on the shelf are swapped, right? So these are all the, all the very, very important questions that we need to ask before. And it just, I, I, don't, I don't see this happen happening within the next three to five years. Okay. Uh, and that's why I think right now we have the best solution in the market in terms of scaling very quickly and deploying, deploying these immediately into the retailers and stores. Well, Lyndon, I want to go there for a little bit too and talk about, you know, the progression. Like you, you were in some smaller grocery stores in Brooklyn, in New Jersey, in that general vicinity for a while. And you just made a pretty large announcement, a partnership with Kroger to actually start 
piloting these in some of their stores. And I mean, this is, this is pretty big time. Tell us a little bit about how you're kind of, you kind of got to that point and what uh, you're hoping to kind of get out of this pilot. What's next? What are some of the challenges? Yeah. So, so, so we started, we started probably two, two years ago with a smaller, smaller grocer uh, around the New York area, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, very, very thankfully, our first enterprise client was Sobeys. Uh, not very well known in the U.S., but they're the, they're one of the largest grocery chain in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we started working with their their uh, with their store in, stores in Toronto, and we started learning a, a massive amount. We realized that really going from a small chain, like a small one store, one demo store, into a production environment at the enterprise level is a whole different story. <laughs> sure. Because because the amount of infrastructure that we need to accommodate for the amount of corner cases that we need to tackle at the enterprise level is just massive and so we really did a lot of our learning along the way uh, with Sobeys over the past year and Kroger approached us probably a few you know I kind of forgot but 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 definitely of more than six months ago with the initial discussion of potentially implementing this technology uh, and trying this out in their stores and I think what really had accelerated the process was, you know, definitely, you know, COVID is a part of it because there's the contactless need from the shoppers. Average grocer, you know, um, in the cashier industry, you see more than 20% of the cashiers being diagnosed positive with COVID before. So they really want to not only protect their employee and their staff, but also protect their shoppers because grocery is seen as essential work and we want to make the environment safe. So that's, that's one of their biggest effort, which is to make sure that you know, um, they're keeping everyone safe. And then what has really also um, been a catalyst in this process is also that Amazon Go, which is the, I would probably categorize them as the pioneer in um, the physical retail automation space, decided that they were instead of launching Amazon Go in Amazon Fresh, they built Amazon Dash Cart, uh, mm-hmm. which is basically the, the smart cart version of Amazon Go in the physical store inside a grocery store. And that instantly really validated a lot of the, to a lot of people, the thesis that we have always had, because we have always talked about how Amazon Go is, it's difficult to scale into a larger environment. And it takes a long time to scale up too, because right. you know Amazon Go since launching until today is probably two plus three, two to three years. They only launched twenty-seven stores. There are certain levels of scalability constraints there. Whereas when Dashcart launched, it's just launching with Amazon Fresh wherever they go. So in the LA area, they probably already have a dozen stores launched within the past three months since they they made the announcement. So I think a lot of retailers saw that, uh, and they that validated a lot of their, their concerns and, 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 and worries. And that, that was also what kind of accelerated the project. So we've been very, very fortunate to, to have Kroger as our client. They're very, very, very smart, very nimble. They move really, really quickly. And so far, uh, since we have launched, we've seen very positive results from the customers. We've seen increasing momentum in usages, very high customer, customer feedback. And going forward, you know, we're, we're, we're heads down working with Kroger to make sure that, they love our technology. Their shoppers love, love our technology and potentially we're hoping to roll, roll out in more of their stores. How many, how many stores are you guys in now? 
So right now we're only in one store in, in their Ohio, Cincinnati. In Ohio, okay. Trish, mm-hmm. you brought up Amazon Go. I think it's interesting too. Yeah, our, my thesis, our, Ananias thesis has always been that the thing kind of caps out at 10,000 square feet. I think that's where Go Grocery is, right? Otherwise they'd be doing it, right? And I think right, that kind of right. goes to your whole points about the server room and the cost of technology and all that. Mm-hmm. Question though for you, like how, the, how does the fact that they're now licensing the Amazon Go tech to say the airport operators, how does that make you think about your strategy in terms of which segments and verticals of retail you start to look at, you know, specifically? And, and I know you have some other things that you guys are working on too. Like how did that announcement change or, you know, maybe cement strategically what you guys were thinking about if at all. So um, we don't, we don't see Amazon as a direct competitor. Uh, I definitely they're in the market working with a lot of people. Um, and, and first of all, obviously, this market is very big, so there's room for a lot of different players in, in this market. And they pose but, a competitive threat to a lot of people too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and at the same time, I think Amazon is a very large organization. There's a lot of competitive nature between Amazon and other retailers out there. So it's, it's, it's very difficult for other retailers who want to adopt Amazon's technology in their store because then the, sure. Amazon gets access to a certain level of data they, that they probably want to stay hidden from, um, yeah. from Amazon. And Lyndon, and, I was, sorry, I was, and I was actually thinking more like, more from a trip type, forget Amazon, just the fact that now you've got, you know, airport operators, quote unquote, retrofitting their stores with, you know, the computer vision and the ceilings and the, and the you know, the, the centrifuging and the shelves. Like, does that, did that, does that impact in terms of like, Hey, this is, you know, convenience goes one way, this is really for full-scale grocery store above 10,000 square feet. Like how do you, how are you thinking about that? That was more what I was trying to get at. Got, got it. Yeah. It's, no. So that's, that's one of the things that we've been thinking about, which is, you know, what do we do in an environment that doesn't require a shopping cart? Because we okay. have a very cool, very sleek core tech, core technology out there. So we decided to develop this, uh, a, a checkout counter, which is basically Amazon go compact into a checkout counter where you could directly just place items onto a counter and we leverage computer vision to identify everything um, there. So these can be implemented in any retail format. So currently we're, we're already launched with one of the largest convenience store chains in the world. Uh, but unfortunately we cannot announce who that is yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's fascinating. Leave, us out, so we leave it out okay, there. Wow, yeah. Interesting. All right. <laughs> and yes, uh, and you know, and, and so far, it's very interesting, you know, that th- th- this also goes to a little difference between the retrofit and what, what we have been, been building, which is if you were to retrofit a store, there's no way for you to scale very, very quickly because you need to install the tag and all that stuff. We went from the first, we, we went from the first store to the fourth store in one day. So we l- literally launched three stores in one day. We just literally just moved the checkout counter uh, from our warehouse into the store, place it there, plug it into the uh, the power cord connected to a Wi-Fi and everything is up and running. So it's 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 very extremely nimble and it provides essentially the same level of experience with uh, versus versus the cash the full store retrofit because if you really think about it, the customer already has an app. Yeah. You all you need to do you know if you already have an app, all you need to do is just place the items onto the counter and then just grab it and leave. And that's it. So, um, so we felt that it was, from experience perspective, this very very similar. And on top of that, we're able to deploy this very quickly with retailers. And we've been seeing a lot of traction 
in the uh, in the convenience store space, in the cafeteria space, in the beauty space. So that allows us to really scale ultimately into a lot a, a lot more stores. Got it. Got it. And so it's still that's how it works. It still pairs with an app. So it's kind of like a it's kind of no, just like a, a wait. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It doesn't it doesn't pair with an app. I'm just saying hypothetically, if you're like for example in an Amazon Go store, you will you'll need to download an app. Sure. But with the checkout like counter. Yeah, it, you, you just need a credit card. So you just insert your credit card and then you could just pay a leave. But if you have an app, maybe it's slightly easier. You just place it onto the counter and then grab it and leave. So, okay, got it, got it, got it. So it's kind of, yeah, it's not that different. It's kind of a new new version of like a self-checkout machine then, but it sits at the counter and, or somewhere in a convenience store and you place your items, small basket probably, and you just walk out the yep. door. Interesting, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a cool video. You guys have a cool video of it too, right? We'll try and get that in our show notes as well. Please do. Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll try to do it. I think it paints the picture a little bit better too for everyone. For sure. Well, Lyndon, as we, as we kind of close this up, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, who you're, what kind of clients you're going after, what kind of experiences you're going after. You know, you talked about the convenience store angle, you talk about large grocers, what's next for Caper and how are you going to kind of prioritize the next few months and year? So I think right now we, because of a lot of the, you know, uh, COVID has really accelerated the space on top of uh, what I mentioned, Amazon Dash Cards uh, and a, a number of catalysts here. Uh, we've seen a tremendous amount of inbounds from different types of retailers wanting to uh, potentially launch the technology in their store. So really for us right now, we have limited capacity. We're, we're, we're a series A company, so we're not, we're not too big. So. We have about 60, 60 people or so, and we're really just focused on some of our top clients and also retailers who are willing to move very, very quickly. So that's going to be our top target. We don't have a particular constraint as to what type of retailers we want to work with because we could work with any, you know, it could be as small as a bodega to as big as a gigantic Walmart. So uh, that range is very wide, but most m- most of our efforts will be dedicated to uh very innovative retailers um, who are willing to move quickly. And what, if anything, are you seeing would maybe keep people from being one of those like early adopters or, or really taking this whole cashierless checkout approach? Like what are, what are they telling you if they're not quite ready to bring this on? Is it cost? Is it the product itself? Like what kind of things, what kind of feedback are you getting? I, we usually don't see a lot of barriers once the customer have interest because from uh, effective cost per square foot perspective to our ability to scale uh, to our operational and technology maintenance, it's all very, very low maintenance. Um, so, so we always make sure that we help retailers get their return on, on investment uh, when they work with us. Uh, typically retailers who are not fairly receptive are slightly more on the later stage adopters. Obviously, you're going to have a curve of adoption with earlier adopters. These are definitely the more innovative companies, which are which are the ones that we are focused on. Right. And then other ones are kind of more in a wait and see mode. It's like, hey, I want to I want to see how this plays out uh, before I start pouring in more resources, which is also fair. So uh, right now, our focus is just to make sure that we prove it to them that this is this is going to be a to be the future and do it in a real cost-effective way. I'm curious on it too. If you're having those conversations, um, are they trying to find additional ROI at all from operational use cases? I mean, we've really talked mainly here about the consumer facing applications of the computer vision and, you know, whether it's the card or the counter, 
are people, retailers, I'm curious, are they looking at operational use cases as well in regards to this with you? Or are you guys staying clear of that? Uh, just want to get your thoughts on that. So uh, in, this is a great question. Um, in, in my opinion, it's, it's this, this whole overall retail is a gigantic ecosystem. Like I don't, if I go out there and I talk to investors and retailers, I wouldn't say we're a shopping cart company or we're a self-checkout company because it's a very, very small piece of what we do holistically. It's just like when you walk into a grocery store, maybe you spend five minutes at the checkout, but during your 40 minutes of shopping trip, you're spending 35 minutes around the store. Mm -hmm. So that definitely, there's a huge element of consumer facing aspect of it, which is we have seen effective, we're able to increase average basket size by more than 18%. Mm -hmm. So uh, customers are interfacing and interacting with our with our cart screen as they're shopping around the store. So that means that we're able to guide their purchase decisions. You know, if if you bought milk, I could recommend you cereal. Mm -hmm. So that that increases average basket size and also increases their top line. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's it's an area where we see a lot more interactive opportunities. And also on the on the operation side, you know. There's a lot, there has been a lot of talks and suggestions from the retailers where they want us to install a camera that's facing the, sh uh, the shelf. So as customers oh, selling their, their cart, we could detect out of stock. We could also detect where all the items are inside the store because a lot of times retailers don't even know where their items are inside mm -hmm. the store. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and, and to even further that, a lot of our computer vision could also be help uh, leverage in warehouse applications to help um, their warehouse management a lot more uh, to become a lot more efficient. Mm -hmm. So these are a lot of these ongoing conversations, but at least for now, we're making sure that we get just get our roots right. um, cemented. And I think once we get our cars in there and becomes a long-term fixture inside the retail environment, then we can start creating the AI operating system, the entire ecosystem to help both the shopper facing component and also the operating component. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lyndon, if people are interested in finding out more about Caper, if they want to learn from you, um, get your theories on retrofitting versus putting carts in stores or counters in stores uh, or see demos of the product, uh, where's the best place for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yes. So they could definitely come visit our website at www.caper.ai. And you could also find me on LinkedIn at Linden Gap. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We always love when people do that. Well, hey, man, thanks so much for that conversation. That is really enlightening. We're still trying to piece together this whole smart card thing. I know early on I was kind of, you know, you probably know that too. I was kind of like, okay, I'm not sure about this, but it's starting to grow on me a little bit. And I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to learn as much as we can here as we go. So it's, it's good to make your acquaintance too. And I like a lot of what you said today. There's some definitely unique points that I hadn't heard before too, especially the controlled environment of the card itself in terms of what computer vision requires too. So you know, you. and even the trip type things, I think is becoming much more of a fascinating part of this conversation as well. So again, for everyone listening, Lenny Gal, CEO of Caper, check him out. We're doing this for grocery shops. So drop him a note. You can connect with him on LinkedIn, like he said. And everyone listening as always, be careful out there.